0: Welcome to Space the Floor MBA podcast. This is our 112th official episode. I'm here today um, without my usual co-host Connor Geelan, um, but I'm Connor Flannery and I'm with my two 94 Feet Hoops partners, Blake Buchanan and Miles Lester, friends of the podcast and special guests today in Miles Lester. But Blake, start us off first with some uh, exciting announcements and updates for from the friends of 94 Feet Hoops and Space the Floor.
1: Yeah, guys, we got a lot of good stuff going on with our uh, our friends of the podcast, so to speak. Um, both Jay Huff and Olivier Saar uh, recently got some two-way contracts with uh, Olivier with the, the Oklahoma City Thunder and Jay with the Washington Wizards. Jay is actually suiting up in his first game for the Wizards at the time we're recording this, so a lot to celebrate there. Um, great to see that for our guys. I know they're very well-deserved and um, will be a good opportunity for them playing-wise and a good financial gain for them, uh, which we always love to see. A couple of our guys, Dallas Walton's having a, a great year over in Romania, and he will be playing with Team Colorado in the TBT this summer, which is pretty cool. Uh, Isaiah Musius been playing well with the Capital City Go-Go, so he'll be uh, with Jay in D.C. now. Um, and then Ian DeBose is having a great year over in Denmark. Um, I think his team's first place in their league, Team Thog, and he's been playing real well. So, Uh, A lot to be excited about for all the guys that we've had here on the the podcast and um, just friends of the program. So looking forward to seeing what they continue to do.
0: Yeah, excited for the opportunities everybody's getting, and we're really proud of those episodes. We'd encourage everybody to go check them out after listening to this one. But as I mentioned, the guest of today's podcast, even though he's been on here a few times before, is Miles Lester. And um, Miles is going to talk to us today about his experience as the sort of of jack-of-all-trades, man who wears many hats, for the number one ranked Houston Cougars who uh, recently just won the regular season in the American athletic conference um, and are projected to be the first overall overall seed heading into the NCAA tournament. And so we're excited to have him here to talk about his experience so far this year.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I don't think I've been on here since I uh, came down to Houston, which was in like late August. So it's good to, good to catch up. Good to see Blake. haven't seen my, my former roommate
0: in a while so excited to be back on yeah we appreciate you coming why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about your your job description what it is exactly if you had to put your finger on it that uh that a typical day in Houston entails for you yeah um i'd
2: say just kind of do do whatever is needed um for the coaches do whatever is needed for the players i mean i don't really have like i'm not on staff um they don't have any roles so like i'm a volunteer paying my own way for school um So do, you know, um, a lot of video stuff. So I do our like live video for practice and games, um, and then helping out with like scouting reports and, you know, post game edits or whatever's needed in terms of like video work. Um, and then help I guard our like fours and fives and, uh, individual workouts, which is pretty much every day. Um, we go live with the fives, like pretty hardcore every day. And so like today... You know, we got four guys that we consider fives that work out in that group. And they're all, you know, six, nine and bigger and a lot bigger than me. So I got these. Yeah, two, How tall are you? Uh Like maybe six foot. <laughs> <laughs> I got these two big, like huge eat pads is what they're called. But one on one arm, the other on the other arm. We got another guy holding the stick and we do three, two, one at four spots. Um, So it's like first to three. They score, you know, that's a point for them. If I get a stop, it's a point for us. Um, then you gotta make a free throw to end it. So that's you know, three, two, one with four guys from four spots, and they're all, you know, a lot bigger than me. So that's always fun. Um, keeps me in shape and everything. So do that every day, um, around for our fours and then, you know, uh rebounding for the guards sometimes if if there's not enough people around. Um and then during practice, sometimes need to be on scout team uh today not need to be. But like yesterday, we had some guys that uh just you know, a lot of guys are playing heavy minutes now. So got in on scout team yesterday. Um, so again, it's just different every day. Um a lot of video stuff, a lot of a lot of on the court stuff. And it's been, I mean, it's obviously a lot different than being a player. Um, when you're a player, you know you can show up at the facility two hours before practice, you know, get some shots and maybe lift. And then you go home here. It's, you know, pretty much 24 seven every day. There's no there's no off day. Um, so that's it's been probably the biggest adjustment. But I, at the same time, like you're know, when you're doing something you love, it's not really works so like going into the office every day. I'm not like, oh, I got to go to work today. It's more like hey, I'm excited to go in, you know, see what we're doing, hang out with the coaching staff, hang out with the guys. So it's been it's been a fun year.
1: God just loves ball, loves
0: basketball.
2: You <laughs> I do something our, you love. <laughs> our video room. We watch a lot of random games, and then whenever we have you know a little bit of free time, we'll just go on like Hoop Vision or uh, uh Half Court Hoops, and we'll just start watching you know random offensive systems on there, random set plays, or we'll just go watch. Like I know they were watching the Big Sky and like the Southland last night, and I was watching. Oral Roberts in North Dakota states like we just we'll just be watching the most random games all the time.
1: So yeah. I think a really important question I wanted to ask just because I've I've seen it firsthand so many times. How, how many guys are still falling victim to that Miles Lester step back three point shot?
2: <laughs> uh, I did hit. I hit one yesterday. Um, it wasn't a step back, but it was pretty deep. Not a ton. I don't get it. I don't get in that often. They normally don't need me normally. Normally, because I got to do the video during practice. So I I don't really get in a lot on scout team. Yesterday, I think, was the first time I've ever actually shot. I was two for three. Maybe my first one was like a transition three. And then, so I was feeling good. So I took like a, a NBA range contested one. And then that went in. So I was feeling real good. And like three possessions later, I shot one from probably the logo contested. <laughs> like very heavily contested. Uh, did not go close to going in. So. <laughs> but my step back game is, is still, it's still on a little bit. We play a, uh, it's over now. We played a staff manager game for every home game, no matter what time it was at. And if any other coaches see this, they will be mad if I don't mention that they did beat us in the last game. So they won the overall series. But <clears throat> back to my overall point, I didn't have a lot of step back opportunities However, I did hit two game-winning step-backs one time. So that was – they've seen it a little bit, but they don't know yet. They don't. They know just yet. got a little taste. Next year, next year, I'll be in the bag a little more. I got to work out a little bit.
0: One thing, I just for clarification sake, because you guys obviously played at Wake and, and, and have a lot of experience around college programs and the behind-the-scenes of what it's like coaching and, and being around a scout team. But for the audience who might not know what that is, it's just like basically you'll have – Sort of like the end of the rotation guys or uh, or walk-ons pretend to be basically the the opponents that you're that you're expecting to play like in the foreseeable future. So it's funny that you say like getting up getting up those contested shots like as a guy who's not actually on the roster. Sometimes it's exactly what the coaching staff wants of you if you're pretending to be the point guard that that takes Steph Curry range. Uh, pull-up contested step-back threes and that's and that might be you fulfilling your job description to to a t on that on that specific day so that's a that's a funny little anecdote that uh that you got the opportunity to show off your your step-back threes even uh even if it was only the one time
2: yeah yeah scout team i mean blake and i were obviously on it together for for three years but that's probably you know as a walk-on as someone not playing that's probably the most serious part of of your job overall in terms of just being on the team being around there, like obviously off the court, you're expected to not get in trouble. You're expected to good, good grades, but like understanding because you, you got to learn, you know, 10 around 10 plays plus baseline out of bounds, um, you know, actions in terms of when you're, when you're someone else's team, you got to learn that, you know, right before practice, you go over it for 30 minutes and then you got to not mess that up when you're actually going through it. So like, there's a lot of you know, scout team provides a lot of value no matter what school you're at. Like it's a big deal. So I would like, overall, I mean, Blake and I obviously spent a lot of time on that. And that was kind of like, I think that was probably our biggest contribution is there was a lot of practices that, that we kind of messed up a little bit, but then a lot of times it would help them, you know, during the game. Like I remember, I think it was VMI last year. So Blake wasn't there, but we were killing them on this Princeton action and Blake and I and, when AK would play, we uh, we had did that a lot of times over the years. Georgia Tech, for, Scout. Georgia Tech oh, was goodness. the one. Yeah, Georgia Tech, the uh, the COVID year, so the year that they ended up winning the ACC tournament. They had to, they actually got out of the Princeton action because we were guarding it so well. But the like forty eight hours before that, we were absolutely cooking them in practice. Um, so like it, it is really helpful because you know if you are messing up. And and scout, or if like if you're playing a really bad scout team, then you're just not getting any better because they're not they're not running plays the way that you know it's gonna be like in a game in terms of game speed, in terms of guys being able to shoot, in terms of guys being able to play. So like when you're actually playing a scout team that knows what they're doing and is playing hard and you know has some ability to shoot, ability to understand the game, like ability to play, it can be really helpful because then they're getting the look that you know is gonna be similar to what they're facing in the game. And then when they see it in the game, they're gonna know exactly how to react and so that's you know that's one thing that really well at houston is our scout team you know they got some some really good guys on it and a lot of times like we just mess teams up in terms of you know when they try to run an action they're not able to run it so a lot of times like they just have to resort into trying to play off the iso and draw fouls
0: yeah and i think i i relate a lot to to what you said so far not to the scout team part because obviously um, I work in the video room for for Duke, and and I'm not really on the court at all. But in a in a different way, sort of related to what you were talking about earlier, with with watching the most random games at times. Um, the, the one of the biggest things I've learned in the last two years working for the program is that sort of like you know, especially when you're a volunteer, and especially when you're somebody who's just doing it out of passion for the game and for the program, and because you hope that like the work that you put in and, and proving that the coaching staff and the players are are right to put their trust in you. When you when you're willing to sort of just go out of your way to to do the best you possibly can, even when you're not being paid, even when the job doesn't feel all that like rewarding or or gratifying, like you just have to sort of find joy in the overall success of the team and and whatever small part that you play in the program, really just like doing that to the best of your ability. That was that that was a really important lesson for me, and I think will serve me well as I continue to try to make a career out of this out of this nba thing is sort of like whatever you're doing like your role is important and like plays a part and if like like you mentioned the scout team like if you don't play that exactly right if you forget the action you're taking away from valuable practice time and reps for for the guys who are starting and you know if you don't watch that north dakota state versus oral roberts game that 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 you're that you did in the video room like who knows the ripple effects that, that might have of like not getting another scout done in time or not you know being prepared as a as a staff, so it's it's really it's it's been an important lesson for me, and 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 it's fun hearing you talk about just like whatever you're being called to do, no matter sort of how all over the place the job can be. When you're working for a program like this, just sort of taking advantage of every opportunity that you're given and, and doing it to the best of your ability, I think is is really important. So just like a a lesson to learn for Miles, for anybody who's hoping to get into the uh, to the sports industry.
1: Connor, I know you said it in passing, but that North Dakota State matchup versus Oral Roberts would be sick to watch. Uh,
0: I wasn't I wasn't trying to make that off the top of my head. I think Miles, Miles, you said that one, right? I was watching Oral Roberts blew him out
2: last night. Oral Roberts is good. We played him this year. We beat them. I think we beat him by like 35 or 40, but they didn't have any shots that game. When they're hitting shots, they got a really good team. And you never know, like obviously it doesn't pertain to Houston, like we're not playing them. I mean, we might play Oral Roberts in the NCAA tournament, but like we're not going to play them. You never know when you find something that you know you can pass up the ladder in terms of the coaching staff and maybe a good you know late late game uh, sideline out of bounds player, like a full court player or you know an ATO or a quick hitter. Um, so you never know. Like whenever I watch games, I always watch for those those types of things, like coach and the coaching staff. You know they got our basic offense, what we run down. Um, they got you know, they got an idea for majority of stuff that they want to run. But if I'm watching like NBA or international games, or just even college games, if I ever see anything that, you know, we haven't put in that works, and it works for a special situation for like, so I like a need a three or maybe a backdoor play. Or if a team's, you know, guarding pick and rolls a certain way, this play worked against them. Or, you know, we have a shooter in Marcus Sass that teams don't ever leave. So when I watch Kansas play, a lot of teams guard Grady Dick similar. So if there's a play that, you know, they use Grady Dick as a screener in that gets a guy an open look like little things like that. Um, I mean, there's always every game I watch is always like one or two plays you can find from that. So, you know, if I think just anytime you're watching games in general, um, you know, always looking for stuff like that, that may be helpful or may just challenge you creatively. Like, why does a team run run this certain set? Why does a team play this defense? You know, why are they foul of three? Why do they not foul of three? Like, Understanding that whole thing and then just finding, you know, random plays and situations is always interesting too and helpful.
1: There are so many good actions out there. And like, even I was watching too many. Uh, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech the other day. And Notre that Dame, last play, and, and that yeah. last play, it didn't hit the shop, but it was amazing. But I said that, and that le- one. Like, you guys, uh, Oral Roberts is a good team, and there's a reason you guys be in by 35 or 40. That's because you guys are the number one team in the country. Like, what? how does that happen like how do you guys go in every day with this like same humble mindset and the same drive like when you achieve so much just what what's the culture like at Houston to make them so dominant and so relentless
2: i mean i think you know culture is a big buzzword and that's you know kind of what houston is known for but i think it starts with coach samson you know from what i understand he He didn't have a lot growing up and he's really grinded, you know, early on in his career. I think he was at Montana Tech making barely any money as a head coach early on. You know, they were in AIA, you know, he's grinded his his whole career. So it kind of starts with him in terms of our mentality and our whole coaching staff, you know, kind of echoes the mentality that he embraces. And then just going on from there, you know, I think it starts with recruiting, recruiting guys that you understand will fit into your system. So, you know, our code, that that's up to the coaching staff. They do a really good job of evaluating guys that would fit in. You know, now I get the point where the program's at now compared to seven or eight years ago, they can get a lot better players. But that doesn't mean they're going to take every really good player they can get because not every every really good player can, can fit into the system. And so understanding, you know, the family background, the background of the player, you know, can they fit into the system? So I think it starts off a lot with that. Is one coach's personality and the staff showing his personality and helping bring that out into the team. And then two recruiting guys, but at the same time, a big thing, um, I think a big thing that makes us really good in the program, really good before I got here is just the everyday commitment to being, to being great guys are, we had an off day, I think two days ago. And there wasn't any required shooting. I'm pretty sure every guy either got in and shot free throws or shot some form of shooting on it. You know, we hadn't had an off day in like two weeks, so guys are always in the gym. You know, guys are working out three times a day on top of practice, even this late in the season. There's a level. There's a a level of expectations in terms of how hard you need to work every day. In terms of you know, if you're a player in this program, or if you're even if you're a, a coach in this program, you know the coaches all have to work hard too there's a certain level of expectation of one, you know, how hard you work and then two being tough, you know, so it kind of starts with that. And then uh, I think just overall, you know, we recruit really hard, hardworking guys, guys that fit the system. Coach is obviously a demanding and tough guy, um, holds them accountable at the same time. He's he's definitely got a lighter side to him as well. Um, And then lastly, like the guys want to be pushed and coach does a really good job of pushing them. And so it's kind of just, you know, building that every day in terms of this is the standard of how hard we're going to play. And then, you know, actually bringing that out over time as the season
0: goes on. Yeah. And, and I'm curious if, like, if this was stuff that you picked up on as soon as you got to Houston or if this is things you've noticed throughout the season. Because I remember, I mean, Houston was ranked as the third overall team in the country before the year. But I remember you texting me, Blake, and, and the other Connor. Before the season started, before y'all you played your first game, like Houston is about to be the best team in the country. So what, what did you know like right from the get go, and and what did you sort of figure out along the way?
2: Yeah, I think you know what stood out to me. Obviously, been in college for this was my six years to so five five years as a player, but what's that? What stood out to me when I got here was just the work ethic. um And by work ethic, I don't mean you know a lot of guys just come in the gym and get shots up every day. Like uh, almost every Division One player in the country is doing that, but like. The level that the the Houston guys work out at is just, it's 100%, you know, almost all the time. And so there's just a different level of of work ethic in terms of how hard they go. And obviously they're going a lot too. So that combined with, I mean, they were they were really talented when I got there. I really like, that stood out to me quick. And then just seeing, you know, how tough they were, that stood out too right away. And just how, how the coaches helped bring that out. Like, obviously, a lot of guys, a lot of the guys are internally tough at the same time. You know, you got to bring out that competitive fire as well in a lot of them. Um, So the coaching staff does a really good job of that. And I kind of noticed that, you know, within my first month that I got, because they were we were in conditioning. September was conditioning month. So that was before practice started. So there was a lot of it was more like conditioning in the morning than workouts later on. Wasn't really practice time yet. So seeing how they kind of pushed them in conditioning to to reach a level that, you know, they hadn't reached before. Like they needed to meet their goal every week in terms of in terms of like the conditioning sessions. So I would say, I mean, within like a month of being here, once I saw him get on the court, saw, you know, how good the work ethic was, how good the culture was. That's when I was pretty, pretty just in shock at how, you know, still
1: um, how good we still can be.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I'm trying to say without.
1: You don't want to jinx it. I'll jinx it for you. You guys are gonna win the national championship. Nah, no, nah, no, nah. No. <laughs> What's okay? Uh, name one player from Houston that you know the general college basketball fan needs to know. And then just maybe one player from the American, because I know like I'm very, I'm very familiar with just from my playing experience. ACC, A10 now. Um, but maybe tell us like one guy in the American Conference that you went up against that you were like, dang, this guy's, this guy's got it. Um, and then a the guy on Houston that, or, you know, diary two on Houston that you think uh, a lot of people are going to want to know across the country.
2: Um, I mean, Marcus and Jairus are kind of the two big names for us Marcus Sasser and Jairus Walker. Um, Jairus projected lottery pick was just named freshman of the year. Um, and then Marcus was the player of the year. I think I've seen him anywhere between late first round, early second round. Those are kind of like the two, you know, most people know their name. Um, Jamal Shedd is our our point guard. He's kind of the engine that that makes the whole thing run. So I think he he just hit the game winner against Memphis. He's really good, he's a really good point guard overall. He's a floor general, defends. He was defensive player of the year, uh, gets up in you, you know, doesn't turn the ball over, has a really good assist to turnover ratio, can make floaters around the rim, can shoot, and he's got the clutch genes. So he's, you know, march is about guards a lot of the time. And then, so I think, you know, he's got a chance. He just hit one game winner already in March, but he's going to be, you know, really good down the road. In terms of the American, I mean, right now, the only other team projecting the tournament's Memphis. So I'm assuming someone from Memphis is what we're going for here. Uh, Kendrick Davis, he was the runner-up for AAC Player of the Year, and he won it last year actually at SMU. He's, uh, He's a really good player. He's a point guard, and again, I think a lot of times point guards, you know, can determine your ceiling in the the NCAA tournament or how far you, you know, you can potentially go. And he's got – that's why I think Memphis has a chance to make a run in the tournament depending on, you know, seating. is they got one of the best point guards in the country. He averages – You know, 20 points, five assists, four rebounds, something along those lines. He can score any way possible. He draws fouls. I think he shot 11 free throws against us, drew seven fouls. He's really quick, hard to stay in front of. We actually, we went zone, which if you know anything about Houston, coach has not run much zone. A little coaching lesson here for you. So we worked on that zone for a month, every single day. And coach always said like, I don't know when I'm going to pull this out of the hat, but we're going to keep working on it. Every day, because at some point we're going to need it. And Memphis was torching us in terms of, you know, staying in front of the ball. Not torching, but we were struggling and we were fouling a lot. I, you know, the whistle was a little foul happy too. They had 18,000 people screaming at them. So we went to the zone and I think we were down five around the time we went to the zone. They barely scored the rest of the game. We won. You never know when you're going to use something. And we worked on it for a month for 20, 30 minutes every day hadn't used it up until then. Used it in a big win. But yeah. One
0: by two as well, if I'm not mistaken, right?
2: Yeah. Game winner from Jamal Shedd um in transition.
0: I'm curious, just as a as a follow-up on a somewhat related note, even though y'all are a team that's only lost two games, um, I think one of the one of the things that creates teams that are ready to make a deep push in March Madness, especially teams that are that are younger. I know Jarrus Walker is a younger player. Like what what's a moment of adversity that you guys have faced and overcome that you think will prepare you well for um, a moment in the tournament where it sort of feels like your back's against the wall and you guys could fight out of it and, and keep pushing to, to move on towards a national championship potentially.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Obviously, I mean, a lot of times you learn by losing games, but at the same time, you know, you can learn by winning games closely, or even when you beat a team by 20, you know, there's been games where we've beaten, teams by a lot that are decent teams and coaches, you know, use just as much teaching tape from that as he has from games that the two games we lost, but I would say, you know, Bama was a big one. Um, That game, the second half, we really struggled in terms of moving the ball offensively. Um, And since then, you know, that was a game, that was kind of our inflection point in terms of what we wanted to do offensively uh, in terms of sharing the ball and just getting everyone involved. And so since then, I think we're, fourth or fifth in the Ken Palm offensive efficiency. And then the second inflection point was the Temple loss, which again, we struggled, um, struggled shooting the ball and moving the ball that game. So after that, we changed up a little bit of what we do offensively. We switched up our offense after that game. And so not switched it up, but we added something in and it's helped. It's helped a lot um, in terms of just our movement, getting guys involved, uh, creating some confusion for the defense. But that's kind of just answering like an X's and O's question. I mean, I think those two games, losing those games, and understanding the adjustments we need to make helped with dealing with adversity. And then we've been down some games too. Um, Cincinnati, we were down majority of the game. They're hitting every shot, like even if they're contested, they're making it. Wichita State, I think they just shot the highest percentage ever against the Coach Sampson team. We beat them by twenty. It's like that was our the adversity came from. They couldn't miss. Like they were. It didn't matter if they were open, contested, what, where they were at on the court. They were making every single shot. And so, like, we we use the tempo in Alabama games a lot um, in terms of dealing with adversity, but we've also used, you know, some of our close wins, some of our wins that you might not think that there was adversity in them. And so, coach is always, that's one of the best things about him. He's always going to find a way to find something to within the game, no matter how much we win by that he's not happy with overall and push guys for that. To, to get better in that area. Um, so I mean I think the entire year they deal with adversity because they're always there's always a way that you can be better no matter how much you win a game by no matter how well you play there's always something you can you can be better at.
1: Yeah well I mean for the conference it, it like I don't care if you're playing in the Southeast Clemens Church league if you're 29 and two, you're doing something right and that's where I think the you know we talked about that popular word culture comes in. Is just having that consistency, that that level of expectation that, you know, regardless of who the opponent is that night, you're coming to win, and then you follow through on that. So I think, like, you can learn as much from a 20-point win as you can a close loss sometimes because general fans look at the final score and make the determination off that, and, and coaching staffs and teams look at so much more than just the box score. Like, there are certain intangible things, you know, work ethic, toughness that, you, you see on film, you see in person. I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm rooting for you guys. Um, I want to see you be cutting down nets at the at the natty, just like you were at the end of the uh,
0: regular season. Me too. Me too. <laughs> so I only have one more question for you, Miles, which is just that, you know, in volunteering for Houston and in putting in all this work, um, sort of behind the scenes for the program. What are you what are you hoping that you will that you will get out of it? And uh, where are you hoping that this will sort of propel you in in your career and in the future?
2: Yeah, I mean, coming into it. Um, so I was, this summer, and since I graduated from Wake, I was trying to get an MBA job, um, really wanted to work in the MBA. Uh, even I mean, I tried to get a GA job as well, just somewhere, anywhere, you know, I emailed Game emailed every Division One program and every NBA team, like multiple people. Then it ended up, you know, I had a couple of close calls, but ended up not getting anything, which I mean, I think that that was very humbling for me. Um, you know, I thought, hey, I went to Wake. I played at Wake, played in the ACC, you know, had good grades. Um, you know, it'd be pretty easy to to get a job in basketball. I realized, you know, it's it's really hard to do that. And there's a lot of you know other good people out there. work hard and all that um so was pretty humbling so i ended up taking this because you know there was a few programs i reached out to and um i wanted to learn what it took to be the best you know houston houston as everyone knows is known for its culture it's known for playing hard coach Sampson is one of the best coaches in the country you know i personally uh am biased i think he's you know number one coach in the country and so that's kind of what led me to end up coming to houston is i wanted to learn From him the whole coaching staff and just learn you know what it takes to to be a consistent winner what it takes every day to to reach the level that they've been able to reach i mean i've loved my time here probably will try and stick around for as long as possible as long as they'll have me Um, hopefully they'll they'll continue to have me you know there's not really any colleges that i would be more excited about being at than you know being at houston like it's a really really good program with really good people and, you know, we're making the jump to the big 12 next year. So hopefully they'll keep having me um, at the same time, you know, I still do really like watching the NBA game. I think it's uh, I think you can kind of get your, you know, your masters from watching the, watching the NBA and learning from the NBA and saying, so you know, spending a couple of years there, whether that would take me back to college or stick around the NBA, you know, at some point, it's kind of always been a dream of mine to be able to coach at that level. Cause I think there's just, you know, a ton you can learn from those coaches, and what all goes into the X's and O's there. And you know, because people watch games like, oh, they don't play defense, they don't run a lot of stuff. Like they, it's so much more complex than that. Like NBA, the NBA is just very, it's just a, it, it's a different level in terms of like basketball X's and O's, and even you know some of the best college teams. So at some point, maybe would we'll try and get in there. But as of right now, I like, I've loved my time at Houston. It's been. Probably the best year of my life, so I don't really know what would be better. It's a pretty good program to be around.
1: We'll see who the next NBA coach get fired is. I'm, I'm throwing your resume over that, <laughs> over that way. I,
2: I don't know if we're ready for that one.
1: Uh, you learn through experience. Um, you know, it's the, the question we always ask. You probably asked it on the show already, but now that you have a guest, you get to answer it. What's your why?
2: Yeah, I mean, basketball-wise, my why would be you know, I've just always enjoyed – studying the game Um, even when I was playing a lot like that was the part to me was like scouting watching the video like that was always the most interesting part that to me and then when I wasn't playing a lot like I love doing you know scout team and that kind of stuff because I loved watching film and analyzing and seeing the little tweaks and adjustments you make every game um, to kind of give you an edge and I like you know the personal development player development just the connections you can make with players and really impact their lives Um, there's a lot of you, know, you can really impact a lot of people's lives in, in the coaching industry, no matter what level you're at, you know, whether it's middle school, high school, college, JUCO, division two, II, division three, NBA, um, like you're really getting a chance to impact young people's lives. Um, so I really like that aspect of it. And to, in terms of like personality wise, um, I would say, you know, my parents sacrificed a lot for me to one, you know, go to a school like Wake, but also just to play basketball my whole life, you know, my mom was always traveling with me. She gave up a lot of what could be her free time and her, you know, fun activities to travel with me on weekends to drive me to Indiana, Louisiana, you know, wherever it was. Um, and my dad works really hard in terms of his job to to help provide for our family, which a lot of times spent led to spending money for me to, you know, work out to play in AU tournaments, to go to prep school, to go to wake. Um, and so, you know, both of them have been really influential in my life. Um they both worked really hard and have always put me and my brother first and i have always put basketball first in terms of them like they've always done stuff that has helped me in my basketball career more than it's helped them. And so, you know, being able to be successful for them would obviously be something that that I would enjoy doing and it pushes me to be better every day. So I would say those those are the main why's. I can
1: attest, Mama and Papa Lester are great, great people. Taught team. me many card games, taking me out uh, to many great restaurants and um, great family. And, and Miles, obviously, I'm a little biased. He's we were roommates for a long time. He's he's a very messy roommate, but he's a he's a great friend and knows ba- like loves, breathes basketball. So know he's going to be a, a great coach and whatever basketball affiliated role he's in, he excels at. So. Appreciate you sharing all that with us, man. It's it's cool to have a little insight, a little behind the scenes to the number one team, the country, and glad you're part of it.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's good to see you guys again.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming. Um, that's all we've got for this episode of Space of Four NBA podcast. Uh, my name is Connor Flannery. And again, that was special guest Miles Lester and 94 Feet Hoops partner, Blake Buchanan. Appreciate you tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. Peace.